to another episode of That's a Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. I am joined today by my co-host, Andreas Babiolakis. What's up, buddy? Not bad. Not 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 bad at all. Um, at least I could say that uh, when two of us predicted a Rockets loss last week and one of us predicted a Pistons loss, uh, we were all correct. Um, that's, at, that's the good news. At some point. <laughs> uh, Jason, how's it going? Is it going better? <laughs> you know, it's not bad. I mean... I feel like people or Raptors fans right now feel like, you know, when it rains, it pours. But really, this is just one game. It's one game. We didn't look very good. Yes, I understand. But there's no need to over-exaggerate. And that's why we're here, boys. Yeah, I think that's a good way of, of, of getting us started. I mean, I think the, the hot topic is definitely this Houston loss, which happened uh, at home. And, you know, there were, it, it, was, it was a tough one just because, you know, we started off slow just as we did in houston a couple months ago and then came charging back again just like we did a couple months ago um but this this comeback this huge comeback from a 22 point deficit occurred in the third quarter as opposed to the dying seconds of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and uh i don't know it looks like we we kind of ran out of steam well, what what did you see there dre like what what happened what happened in this game i don't i don't even know where to start because the first half was just probably some of the weakest basketball we've had the entire season. I think it was just a complete and utter domination by the Rockets. Possibly a battle of wits on the coaching end of things. I think uh, Nick Nurse had his uh, work cut out for him. I could definitely give a better answer for what might have happened later on. I think we're missing Fred Van Vliet. And I say that because I remember when we first signed Jeremy Lin and we had our episode, I said, Jeremy Lin is a great asset to have. He's a great backup of a backup. The only issue is he relies on his tendencies. So if he's having an off game, there will be a lot of turnovers. And that's precisely what we have seen uh, with this game, the game before. What were the numbers on how many uh, three-pointers he's missed? He's at 0 for 17 in his entire Raptors career. What I've determined is when he's hot he's hot but overall he's a great playmaker but he needs to work on being a play taker because he's great at opening up the floor getting people in the proper positions but when it comes to him actually nailing the shots or playing hero ball there's a lot of work that has to be done we need fred van fleet to be the second tier the second option behind kyle lowry Jeremy Lin as a third option would be great. But right now, to pick up the pieces behind Kyle Lowry, it's just not quite cutting. It's just not working. I agree that we do miss Fred Van Vliet, but I don't think that's all of it. Um, I want to say that that Mm -hmm. last game was just, it, it was basically three games in one. So you have the first part where we were getting blown out. Let's Our biggest lead was, or biggest deficit was, I believe, 22. And then we have yeah. a comeback, which we actually got the lead. So that was amazing. That was really fun while it lasted. But then then we kind of came in with the second unit and we were trying to come back, but it kind of came short. So it was like three different stories in one game or three different games in one game. And I feel like that's indicative or who we are as a team right now. And that's trying to find matchups and trying to find our identity. And right, and you can kind of see it. It's we don't really have the chemistry yet. We have a lot of th- things to work with, but at the same time, 
there is talent on this team. Yes, there is the, the numbers don't, you know, look very positive. Uh MJ, I'm sure you can give us the numbers later with Marcus Sol and Jeremy Lin. But at the same time, it's like what do you kind of expect? You know, like there's good I high IQ players that we've added. There's really good character guys. And it's not like the unlike, you know, the the guys down south in Boston who have a quote-unquote sour uh, locker room we have a pretty good locker room and even if we have a loss like this I feel like we are very able to bounce back and have a very very good game so again it's there's a lot of like you know that this is all nurse's fault and Jeremy Lin should be we shouldn't have taken Jeremy Lin and we should have kept Jody Meeks and it's just like whoa chill guys this it's one game of a brand new team in like game number 64 I like I don't know where this fire is coming from to be honest yeah I I should preface everything that I'm about to say with, with the fact that I, I've been pretty vocal both on Raptors HQ and I may have said something already in our last episode about how 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 do i say this how unimportant the rest of these games are um we're basically locked into the two seed um what we're going to be finding out over the remaining 18 games 17 games of the season is you know nurse just trying to find out little things here and there and what works and what doesn't and just keeping it in his back pocket and this is what he's been doing all season right it's not just about managing um Kawhi's you know load let's say it's also about finding out which pairings work um it's not you know if, if, if there was something that didn't work last year uh, in previous years is that we became very predictable in our rotations and we didn't have any new tricks to kind of show in the playoffs uh, teams knew how to play us so now this is what the last few games are going to be like um just playing around different lines and see what works and what doesn't and what didn't work last night was Gasol being a minus 30. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Lin, you know, continuing to not hit a three. Uh, you know, I already mentioned it already, but like 0 for 17 as a Raptor is not a good sign. So all that Jeremy Lin really, and sorry to pick on him, but like his his drives to the rim have not been fruitful of late. He, like I said, he hasn't hit anything beyond the arc. Really the only thing that's working for him is the mid-range jumper, which uh, is, is more... Gasol's forte, which is more Ibaka's forte, and I'll talk about Ibaka in a second, but uh, his game right now is just not matching what we're looking for. And while I agree with both of you to a certain extent in terms of like Fred Van Vliet can help, but also he he may not be the direct answer to what, what we're looking for here. Um, yesterday, or sorry, the Houston game was just a, a bad game overall for the bench. Um, it, on the flip side, if you want to look at this in a positive light, it's that the starters were all pluses. The starters were great. Mm-hmm. And the starters are who you're going to be running with come playoff time. I mean, if we think about what the eight-man or nine-man rotation is going to be, I would argue that Jeremy Lin is not part of that. I would argue that Patrick McCaw is not part of that. I would argue that Norman Powell is not even part of that. Mm-hmm. So... If we're going to be fretting over how these guys are playing right now, it's useless because they're not going to be playing in the playoffs anyway. So if we lose a game because of them, it's fine. They're just going to be filling the void right now just to ride out the season. But I'm not worried about how they're playing. And I'm going to go back to what you said about Coach Nurse because I feel like he is definitely putting a lot of plays and a lot of 
secrets in his back pocket. For example, that one play that could have won the game for us against the Blazers, you know, that inbounds play with like a second left and it goes to Gasol in the corner three. No oh, one. so nice. Yeah, that was a beautiful yeah. play and nobody that saw that so coming, nice. right? So I feel like that is one of a hundred ideas that Nick Nurse has. And and that's the thing about when you, when you say about the playoffs, what did Kawhi Leonard just say? He said that, you know, the regular season is just practice. And playoffs is when they lace him up. And that's also for the coaching staff, right? So Nick Nurse knows that he doesn't want to show everything, all of the tricks in his sleeve uh, until come playoff time when it matters the most. And and the thing is, you're right, Jay. I don't think it's going to be like 12-man deep in the playoffs. I think we are going to play like maybe nine, eight maybe to nine players. So if we're going to ride out these starters, they're going to show a lot of what we have already. So we might as well play the players that we have on our roster. So if there's a chance for our stars to rest and to kind of ride out the rest of the season, why don't we just do that until the playoffs start? Something we're going to discuss a little bit more in a bit is uh, this idea that, Jay, you brought up. At this point, we're basically secured a second seed. That doesn't mean that we are the second best in the league or in the East. Technically, it does numerically, but it also doesn't. But it could also be seen as a vantage point or a deterrence, which is something that we will get into soon. But the point is, we're basically not going to budge at this point. We have less than 20 games now, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we're like, at we're at uh, we're at 17 games remaining now. Uh, I'm going to yeah. use this opportunity to segue into our next segment here, but let me just ask you both a question real quickly. Um, the Raptors have 17 games remaining. How many opponents remaining of those 17 do you think have a record that is better than 500? If you were to guess, of those 17 uh, remaining. Without looking? Without looking. I'm going to guess 10. Jay, what do you think? One. So the answer is two. Oh, yeah. God. Okay, I was hoping for a lot. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So, and and one of them, the, the Pistons, are, are just one game over 500. So count that wherever you may. Um, the other is Oklahoma City, who we have a home and home with. Uh, next week that's it that's 14 that's 14 games out of our 17 against teams that are below 500 wait so uh, so you were asking how many were above or below 500 i was asking who how many were above oh i was thinking below oh thank god i was close yes (laughs) i was thinking (laughs) no no i wouldn't be hoping for 10 great teams jesus oh okay now i'm now i'm thrilled that was freaking me out for a second. Then I was like, wait, the Pistons are below 500? What are you talking about? <laughs> Clearly, folks, we do not have this script. <laughs> so that's good. With, with that in mind, I think um, I, I'm almost, I almost feel like I'm going to be a hypocrite to what I just said several seconds ago, which was, okay, uh, if 14 of our 17 remaining opponents are all below 500, is it? possible then that the raptors could get the one seed i don't know jay uh, dre do you are, are you do you think we can get the one seed or not like i feel like we're we're we might have differing opinions um, on this i think we need a little bit of jay versus dre yeah but uh i guess before we get into that first off is it even possible well i mean it depends if we can even get to the first seed i mean we're just behind the bucks so i mean it is entirely possible we'd have to see what the Bucks schedule is 
and we know that the Bucks are very good. However, didn't they just lose to like the Suns or something? <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, you never know. But having said that, should we even be the number one spot? I think we're all going to be on the same page here when I say, yeah, I think it'd be pretty good. What do you think, Jay? Do you agree with me? Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. I don't think uh, we're getting that one seed, but uh, I think this is open for debate. Jay, it's on to you. Jay vs. Trey. All right. Uh, both the Bucks and the Raptors have currently lost both their last games, so they're still Raptors currently in second. Bucks are in first, of course. And I believe uh, neither of us are catchable compared to the Pacers, who are four games down, which I think at this point, with such a solid kind of season for all of these teams, is likely not going to change. Having said that, shouldn't it be good to be first? Why do you want us to be second, uh, Jay? Give, give us some deets. Okay, there's, there's a couple of reasons why I think... Well, first of all, I think we will finish second. Um, we are currently as of this recording three losses behind the bucks in the loss column but really that's four if you consider that we're also we have already lost the season series tiebreaker so that means the raptors have to make up four games in their remaining 17. another way of thinking of that is we're asking the bucks to lose four more games while the raptors win all remaining 17. i don't mm -hmm. think that's going to happen um, the reason why that's good, I think, is because uh, the way that the bracket is currently shaping up is not too bad. I mean, the the right now, who's projected to end up in the third seed right now, I know it's it's nice for everyone to think that, you know, the Pacers are currently in the three seed and it'd be nice if the Raptors could face them. But they've actually been playing really, really good. Um, the way projections are currently going, we're looking at the possibility at, at last check of facing the Magic, who would hypothetically finish in the seventh seed, and uh, the Sixers, who are who are scheduled to, or I guess projected to finish in the third seed, that's not bad. I mean, I'd rather that than Detroit, who are, who are projected to finish around eighth, uh, and even Brooklyn. I don't, I don't know. I'd rather face Orlando. I know that we've lost to them a couple times this year, but it's Detroit's seven-man, eight-man rotation is a bit scarier than Orlando's. Um, so sign me up for finishing second and, and matching up with Orlando. Sign me up for facing the Sixers and just avoiding the Celtics who just... And the Pacers. And I should really point out that the Pacers are playing amazingly. They are going to drop because their next 11 games are absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the Celtics, uh, they they showed a glimpse of it um, the other night against the Warriors, destroying them by 30. Like it's, yeah. I know they've been playing like crap, but they have the ability to really scare some people. So if we can keep them on the other side of the bracket with the, the Bucks, fine. I'm happy with that. Well, I think the one disadvantage we have with making this podcast this season is that, tell me if I'm wrong, fellas, this is probably the strongest Eastern setup we've seen in a very long time, or even down to the eighth seed is pretty hot. Um, you have a lot of contenders down to the 11th spot where who knows with these next 17 games, who could sneak in, who might drop. Having said that, if we're going with projections, it's going to be a bit tricky because 
any of those teams you just mentioned, the Pistons, the Nets, the Heat, which is like the only one that I'm not too panicky about, the Magic, which again, we've struggled with the Magic in the past. Who knows if the Hornets could, cl- could climb their way up because they're currently one or two games behind the Magic, who if they're projected to being in the playoffs, isn't a stretch. That wouldn't be too bad. But with that level of unpredictability, I think even though seven, second place is still quite good when it comes to how things lay out, I think first is even better. That usually guarantees at least the supposed worst team that there is currently. Currently, Miami are in last place. And if that were to stay that way, we, I believe, would have a really good chance with them. So. This is a new Raptors team. I think it wouldn't play out the same way as it did last year when we were first in the East. And I think if that were to happen, we could possibly even sweep them. We'd have a nice long break, rest our players. Because load management is something that we've been talking about. Is there a way to even go about that in the playoffs if we're all going gung-ho? The best way to go about it is to have lots of games of rest because we kick the crap out of some people. That would be the best way to go about it. Second is like good, it. but I think first is best. <laughs> no, I like it, and and usually I, I, you know, I think we both usually when we have these debates, you know, we kind of throw out all of our haymakers, and and you know, unfortunately, I did forget one point, and that is, the the second seat also comes with, I guess you could say lowered expectations. Um, you know, with that one seat, we, you know, there was just an expectation, right, that you you have home court advantage throughout, and. You know, we, we saw it already last year, right? How, you know, with that one seed, you just kind of expect to be the, the Eastern Conference final favorite, right? So I, I like the fact that, you know, as the second seed, uh, again, hypothetically, that the expectations wouldn't be as high on us, at least from the general public, general NBA public, as it would be on the Bucks, who have been dominating all year. So I, I kind of like that, like not just not having as much of a, you know, expectation to it. Yeah, I really like what you said there, honestly, because if I was thinking about last year with our expectations of being number one uh, and having the best record in franchise history, if I'm thinking about the Bucks terms, it's almost like these guys or this generation Bucks have never gone past the first round. So going from first round all the way to possible NBA finals, that's a ginormous step and a lot of pressure, to be honest, for, um, for a team that haven't you know, like, again, haven't gone past the first round. So, like, I, I would rather not have that kind of pressure, honestly. And sticking to the point of, you know, how the seating is going, I do want to see either Detroit or and Orlando, and or Orlando um, Detroit because of, you know, some salty things that uh, Dwayne Casey might have said. Oh. And also against Orlando because of some uh, past playoffs uh, that we lost to as well. So a little bit of revenge in both ends. So in my end, if I'm the mediator, I would probably go with the second seed. I'm going to go with Jay on this one. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I would go with him too. I just had to pick a side that wasn't his. So hey, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, to your point, uh, Jay, yo, Casey, grow up, man. Like his yeah, comments yeah. about being in a franchise that, that has won championships or whatever. What did you really bring to Toronto? I'm sorry. Like I've been playing the nice guy with you since you left being like, I feel sorry for you. You know, you, you, you were really good to us, but if you're going to be salty like this, you're going to bring out an ugly side of us. And 
Yep. You know, when we face you one more time, you, you're going to get the wrath. You're going to get the wrath of the Raptors. And, oh, I can't wait. I honestly, now I'm wishing that we face the Pistons in the first round because I just, I want to see it. I want to see it now. You're going to go that route, join Casey, but the taste of a championship. The Dallas Mavericks won. This is true. I know this as a Mavericks fan, but you were merely an assistant coach. You had a taste of a championship. You had seven years to bring one with Toronto, and your focus on ISO basketball just didn't cut it. Coach of the year, but you still got fired. That's probably why, because you had the capabilities, but you just didn't get it. So you want to take that route. You also got a taste of a championship. You didn't quite do it yourself. That is true. And that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I feel like this this left a little bit of a sour taste in a lot of Raptors' mouths, but at the same time, it could you know we might be taking his his uh, words a little bit out of context. Maybe we don't know the entire story, but you know how he said it and how it was displayed. It, it seemed a little off putting because, like you guys said. Um, we didn't. We don't have a taste of it. It's true, but you had a very large part of why we didn't have a taste of it. So, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like you know, we do love Casey very much. So, and we feel for Casey. That's for damn sure. But a little salt in the wounds. Uh, I'll give you that, man. Yeah, it is. And you know what? The funny thing is that it was totally. I'd like to say that it. It was kind of uncalled for, right? It's like, yeah, he's being. You know bit of a shit disturber right like it's it was totally not needed you got the win you you, you can already just point to the wins and say hey you know I, i've got two wins already i'm two and oh against you but he's not the only one in the nba who's a shit disturber we we <laughs> saw we saw one against the rockets right his name was pj tucker and i don't know watching him the way he was harassing Kawhi. i know that Kawhi still got the calls and that was great and all it's just Man, watching Tucker and, and and it just reminded me of like these agitators in the NBA and how they can just really get under your skin, especially when they're not on your team. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, it got me thinking, and I, I, I'm wondering you guys like who who is it that gets under your skin in the NBA? <laughs> okay, so I gotta play something for you guys, all right? Even in the last episode when we had Adam on, we, I, we were talking about a little bit of wrestling and how wrestling kind of coincides with a lot of NBA players nowadays. And when it comes to shit disturbers, I feel like my favorite wrestler of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all right? He got uh, under the skin of every wrestler, but he was such a badass. And I just got to play this his theme song while we talk about the best shit disturbers in the NBA. So oh, pumped, so man. So pumped. I just feel like fighting. I feel like fighting <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Let's set up a backyard wrestling ring, set up a table, some lawn chairs, and just <laughs> kick the ever-loving crap out of each other. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just got to blast that a little bit. Oh, the, the music came, came to fight at that time. I was like, damn, audible onslaught there over there. Yeah. Okay. So Who wants we're to go talking, first? What's round one? All right, I gotta go. I gotta go round one, man. Because, like you said, Jay, when when you when you when you talk about shit disturbers, PG Tucker, one hundred percent, and he's such an agitator. He gets under your skin, but if he is on your team, man, it's 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 so nice. It's so nice knowing that you have something like that who has your back, right? So, PG Tucker is one of them for sure. I have my another guy in the current NBA. I would have to say. Avery Bradley, 
Avery mm. Bradley is a big, mm, a big one. agitator. Uh, I remember his last game versus uh, LA Lakers, and he asked for that assignment to guard LeBron James, and he just gets under your skin. It's just a small, little, feisty little man. It's just he doesn't care how big you are, how small you are. He's just going to agitate you um, to no means to, to to no means ends. And and I, I love how he plays. And I'm just if he is ever on my team. Uh, I, I would be very relieved, but to play against him, oh my god, you just want to punch him in the face. So that's that's my that's my biggest <laughs> shit disturbing. What about you, Dre? God, I mean, who do you even start with? Um, I'm gonna go with the obvious one, my favorite one. But God, God, do I hate him, but I love him at the same time. Lance Stevenson has to have <laughs> either the highest NBA IQ. Are the lowest NBA IQ I've ever seen. The blowing in the ear, the dunking when you're up by 20 points ahead at the end of a game, the crazy turnovers, the untying of shoes at the free throw line. Yes. Is this guy an idiot or is he a genius? I don't know, but he's entertaining, but a real, a real pain to deal with at the same time. Uh, some honorable mentions that come to mind are Marquise Morris, who ah, Morris is an absolute twins. tank on your team. Exactly. Uh, when you're against them, though, it's like biting your head against a brick wall. And it's just like, remember when we used to do Conquest or Jay, if you also did basketball camp for one tank kid who just kept knocking you over? That's Marquise Morris to me. <laughs> that that annoying feeling of being checked yeah. when you were a kid at basketball camp as Marquise Morris. And if I can select one more... Um, I'll leave an obvious uh, certain warrior uh, for somebody else, but I just want to bring up Marcus Smart has to be one of the most irritating oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. players I've ever seen. His flopping is annoying, but the problem is he also has the shots. He has the goods to back it up. So on Boston, he's a fan favorite, but for the rest of us, he's that guy when you're playing Halo or Counter-Strike online. The kind of person... Who, who like taunts you and taunts you and taunts you, hides and camps, but you just can't kill him, and he kills you every single time. So Marcus Smart, you're dumb, but you're also smart. Uh, Jay, what do you got? <laughs> Jay, here, let me play this song for you again. <laughs> All right, your turn, bro. Uh, oh man, Dre, I'm kind of, I'm a little disappointed, man. It was laid out for you. We call you Dre. You didn't say Draymond Green. I, don't know. I left it for you. <laughs> I know. I know you did. So thank you. Um, I think, yeah, I think that was like, I guess more of the obvious one. Um, I got another one here. I got Patrick Beverly. He annoys me. Ah. I'm sure he gets under Russell Westbrook's skin too, but like he's, he's just a Wait, pest. Did I say Patrick Beverly or Avery Bradley? You said, you said Avery Bradley. Bradley. Oh, did I? Yeah. I totally meant Patrick Beverly. I'm you so met... sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I Ironically, we believed you though, right? Like, yeah, I know you did. Bradley is a pest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked. That's, that's my bad. No, I meant Patrick Beverly. So I agree with you, Jay. I agree with you. I'm not cutting this out at all. <laughs> and I'm only going to throw in one more. I don't think he's actually that much of an agitator, but I couldn't help but look up stats. And I, the league leader in flagrant fouls is Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah. good pick. Good pick, yeah. That's actually, yeah. Great pick. I don't know. I Just the eye test tells me, like, Draymond Green, but I didn't think that he would be the league leader in flagrants. 
the league leader in techs is uh, Russell Westbrook, but that's not because he's an agitator. That's just because he complains a lot. Mm. Um, league mm. leaders in ejections. One of it's a four-way tie with two of the guys we've mentioned: PJ Tucker, Patrick Beverly. Uh, the other two are Blake Griffin and TJ Warren. So uh, I think we got a good list of, of agitators here. Um, I'm I'm I wish I was a little bit more prepared for this question in terms of like. Because right now, the you know, hopefully by the time this 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 podcast is released, hopefully this, this is resolved. But the Raptors are again underneath the league minimum of of roster spots because Jody Meeks's uh, contract expired. So the Raptors have approximately four, three to four days to sign someone. And oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I was hoping, I'm kind of hoping that they do sign someone who is a bit of an agitator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the status is on someone like a uh, Robin Lopez. Martin Gortat? But yeah, yeah. And, and to a certain extent, Mar- Martin Gortat, right? Um, I don't know if Robin Lopez has even been bought out because if if that's still the case, if that's not the case, then it's too late because uh, the March first deadline for people to I think get bought out and still make the playoff rosters passed. So uh, I think for the Raptors, they're probably looking at someone who is already been bought out and just kind of sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that yeah. The, to your point, Dre. I mean, Gortat's out there. I'm, uh, so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who fills in the spot. But but Jay, did like you have any other agitators? I did. I did you? totally. And I want to say honorable mention, uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is yes. a huge agitator. Totally. Because he's always on the refs, right? And he's always going to somehow get his way. Somehow. He is one of the lead leaders in charges uh, drawn. And you would hate to play against him, but you love the fact that he's on your team. Yeah, if you're going to bring up a Raptor, we might as well talk about Serge Ibaka as well. I mean, he's been on a few other teams, so we can definitely attest to the fact that he's been a bit of a bother to play against. But on our team... Dude, when he claps when other teams get personal or technical fouls, it's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. On if you if you guys are listening, send us your tweet us your uh best NBA shit disturbers. We'd love to have uh have a list going on of best agitators. Maybe we can have like an all NBA shit disturber. Oh man, that would be like Patrick Beverly and Kyle Lowry, Draymond Green, like all these guys on the same squad, they would just they would just get the other team so riled so, up. Yeah. <laughs> Every just, other oh team would gosh. quit the, to the NBA. There'd be a lockout. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be fights in like every other game for sure. I feel like the mouth at the palace every night. I feel like that's <laughs> kind of what uh, Magic Johnson was going for. Like with the JaVale McGee, <laughs> Stevenson, um, Rondo, was, Rondo, what's the what's the guy with the braids who played in China for a little bit? Uh, Beasley, Beasley, yeah, Beasley? I f- yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, they were trying to be the best agitator team plus LeBron James, you know, plus and- Lamar Ball, because like Lonzo is it, but hey, his dad certainly is. Oh I yeah, mean- yeah. If we, if we can do coach, uh, biggest agitator for coach, probably go Lavar Ball, yeah. Self-proclaimed coach. I mean, I mean, it's true because, like, uh, whatever the other guy's name is, who remembers at this point? He ain't doing anything. <laughs> well, he might not. He might not That's be there next year. That's disrespectful to Walton, but still, I mean, like, he, what's he doing, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on track, guys. 
All right, before we wrap this uh, this show up, I mean, I was talking to you guys earlier about the schedule. An interesting little tidbit about this schedule. Not only is it filled with teams who are under 500, and I should correct myself, there's actually four, not three games against teams that are uh, above 500. I forgot about the Brooklyn Nets, who are also now a game oh, above 500, but that's really, yeah, that's nothing really to worry about. Anyways, um, the Raptors are about to embark on a three-game road trip, the Friday in New Orleans, Sunday in Miami, and Monday, so it's a back-to-back, a Monday in Cleveland. This is the last road trip of the season. Hmm. There are two more that are left that are just two gamers, which I don't consider a road trip. And that's it. And then it's the playoffs. And then it's like, like this wow. is it. Right this three-game road trip, which is... Again, against three teams that are below 500, this is it. Like the, the uh, it reiterates the fact that the schedule is easy for the remainder of the season that we can kind of ease our way into the playoffs. But also, it, it's it's perfect for this team because we kind of get a leg up on the competition in terms of getting ourselves arrested and working out some little kinks here and there. I think um, we are luckier than most teams, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to this. So, what, would you guys have any? like guesses on how the games are going to go? Like, Dre, why don't you go first? I'm hoping for three dubs because losing to any of these three teams is going to be a little embarrassing. I think, uh, is this, if we don't face the Heat in the playoffs, is this the last rodeo we have with Dwayne Wade? Uh, no, we have one more game against We have Miami. one more, okay. I believe yeah. his, so, um, his last game, right? The uh, Heat's last game is against us? I believe really? so. I think. I could be wrong. Unless they make the playoffs. That's um, true. Okay, well, in that case, I uh, have no mercy with her, and I'm I'm hoping for three dubs with these teams, especially after the two losses we've had. Please, we could use some redemption. Um, Jason, uh, same thing. I want three dubs mainly because uh, let's look at the storylines. New Orleans, you got Anthony Davis, who's not going to play over 25 minutes. Uh, Miami, who or in the fourth quarter, or in the fourth quarter. Miami, who mm-hmm. your biggest threat in the in the inside is Kelly Olynyk and Bam Adebayo. Uh, I'm pretty sure Whiteside is still injured, and with Cleveland, I'm pretty sure Tristan Thompson isn't playing very much either. So if we're gonna have uh, big games. To accumulate Marcus Saul, I think this is a great time for us to accumulate uh, all the new players that we have and try to get you know a little bit of a bounce back because I, th- I feel like everybody after the Houston game, it was a really big game. It was like a TNT game, and there's a lot of eyes um, on that game, and I feel like you know people are doubting the Raptors again. So if the Raptors see this and they know that they have to kind of prove it again, this is the perfect way. You might as well get away from home for a little bit. They've been at home for quite some time. Maybe it's time to feel a little bit of a change. And this is where camaraderie comes in, right? When you go on the road trip, you have to be, you're kind of stuck with your teammates. You have to get along with everybody. So this is probably a perfect time for us to get back on track. Uh, I'm going to, be the contrarian here um, and predict one loss. Um, I'm actually going to even be a hypocrite to myself because in my in my uh, weekly article, I did say that, that we would defeat the Heat. Uh, I'm actually going to go back on that and say we lose this one for two reasons. Uh, number one, it's uh, game one of a back-to-back with the Cavaliers, so we can probably assume Kawhi is going to sit one of these games. I'm going to actually say that he's going to sit the front end of this, of this one. That's just more of a guess. Um, but secondly, I, and I don't have any 
reason to believe that he would actually. He might he'll most likely sit the Cleveland game. But anyways, uh, Miami's been playing not too bad lately. They've won uh, four of their last five, including victories over the Warriors, the Nets by almost by thirty. And they lost a close one in Houston by three. So they've been playing really well. And we know how hard it is facing Houston, obviously. So, yeah, I'm going to call that one a loss. And also they get, because it's a road trip, they will be there in Miami probably the night before. And I don't know about you guys, but the nightlife in Miami ain't too bad. <laughs> so I'm going to chalk this one up to one of those lazy Sunday afternoon losses. And... Uh, yeah, and then we move on and destroy Cleveland the next day. I hear you. They're on the uh, opposite end of negative twenty. So, but yeah, all right. Hey. So let's go. Let's go for trip dubs, or in Jay's case, at least two out of, out of three. Uh, but until then, Jay or no Dre, where can I find you, brother? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You could also find my website Films Fatel F I L M S F A T A L E, where you will see reviews, interviews editorials everything film related you could also find those accounts on twitter and instagram uh films fatale as well and yeah no more oscars but um because we're in the bad season for movies you're going to see a lot of ranting a lot of rage in uh reviews so i think it's going to be quality material uh jay where are we where are we going to find you you can find me on twitter at rosalesaurus r-o-s-a-l-e-s-a-u-r-u-s find my work on raptors hq every monday and i don't think i'll be on next week's episode but we will try to bring in a special guest over to you jay sir uh you can find me on twitter at jlone 20 you can find this podcast on twitter at that's a rap pod and you can find this podcast the one that you're listening to right now on all your podcatchers itunes spotify uh stitcher search up uh that either that's a rap podcast or raptors hq and follow us in raptors hq because that is our home base until next time boys that's a wrap james harden this isn't bitterness over the last game but who the hell flops when their beard gets swiped jesus christ dude come on <laughs> <laughs>